<laughs> we're on one today, Guys, man. we're falling <laughs> off the rails today, and I love it. All right, welcome to Creative Compulsions. We're taking a break from the LA grind to unravel the future cinema classics of tomorrow while honoring the masterpieces of yesterday. It's more than a podcast. It's an unabashed deep dive into the world of entertainment, current events, culture, and the randomness of our day-to-day -day existence through the lens of young Hollywood. No genre or topic is off the table. That part. <laughs> this is Creative Compulsions. <laughs> I love that part. My name is Martin Martinez and I'll be your host today. I'm an actor and joining me of course is my co-host Troy Hat. He's an actor, writer and a self-improvement aficionado. So, Grab your popcorn, your leftover Halloween candy haul, or whatever floats your boat, and let's get to the show. Hey, yeah. So in this episode, as part of our new release series, we're cracking open the surprise monster hit, pun intended. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> Five Nights at Freddy's, starring child actor and Hunger Games star Josh Hutcherson, relative newcomer Piper Rubio, Elizabeth Lyle, and a breakout role for her and of course Matthew Lillard from the original Scream franchise and Hollywood darling Mary Stuart Masterson but before we get to that it's time for the catch-up no mustard I want the catch-up all right it was Halloween it was Halloween which I didn't realize it I think I think I saw you on when was Halloween Monday or Tuesday it was Tuesday and I saw you quickly on Tuesday and you were like hey happy Halloween and I was like try again I was like Wait, so it's Hallow's Eve. Are like kids gonna be like like trick or treating? Are like you know, is it gonna do I need to put out candy? And you were like, um, I was like, oh wait, no, no, are our kids gonna be trick or treating today, or tomorrow? And you're like, yeah. no, it's it's today. It's definitely today. It's Halloween. <laughs> Happy Halloween. And I was like, oh, okay, that's that's good to know. So I guess the festivities went well uh, that Halloween weekend. <laughs> yeah, I I went to three parties and. Uh, Okay, so two parties on the Saturday, one party on Sunday. And when I say parties, I mean like get together. Some of them were like super chill. But the first one I had to go to by myself, I truly only knew the two hosts. Um, and so I had to like really make friends very fast. Thank God she's like a producer head like you. Uh, she had like a game that was very intricate. She's like, it was my first time, haha. And it was incredible. She had us going through the house. She had a whole Harry Potter uh, hall uh, where there was like a cloud going to the music and candles that you could use a wand for and stuff. It was super intricate. I went as Corbin Blue That's from High School crazy. Musical. Okay, nice. <laughs> yeah, um, but I'm telling you, I need, to, I need like, it's going to be five years before I go to another party. Like I need so much time to recharge. How are you with that stuff? Yeah, we were talking about that a little bit of the introverted, extroverted thing because yeah. we both enjoy going to the movies by ourselves and stuff. And... Um, I was telling you you need to take the Myers-Briggs test, yes. right? Yes. Which you should retake it, I'm just gonna, so we I know. I have to now, I have to now. But I, but I know you know kind of roughly what yours is. I solidified the fact that I know that I'm an introverted extrovert. Yeah. I can be extroverted, I need a choice. Like, it's like if you have, uh, whether you own a car or you're taking public transit, it's like if you have to take public transit, it's super stressful. But if you have a car, you can go, I'll take public transit this time. It's a lot easier. But it's knowing that you have the choice. And for me, I'm like having to go to a party is like, ooh, 
okay, how am I feeling? You're not going to know until last minute if I truly want to go. And there better be something enticing on the other side, even if it's just, I'm so glad you came. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How about yeah. you? Did you go to, did you go to any parties? So, well, I, I am an, so for my Myers-Briggs, I'm an INTP, which is like an, in, I'm sorry. In, oh wait, what does that mean? <laughs> introvert. <laughs> Well, that sucks. No, <laughs> an introverted, analytical, turbulent person. That's what that means. So I Wait, think they stand no, for no, <laughs> they stand yeah. for like the logician. And I think the difference between introverted and extroverted individuals is that extroverts, social gatherings and interactions give them energy, yeah. opposed to taking energy away from them, or it, it spends more energy. So introverts. I hear a clock. Yeah, so introverts need to what's the word like rehabilitate, recharge, recharge. Yeah, you know, I it's. Necessario. So that's where I was at. You know, I was like, okay, you know what? It's 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 the Halloween weekend, Hallow weekend, and you know, people are like saying, you know, ask me what I'm gonna be, if where I'm going, and I was like, you know what? It's a full moon. It's a blood moon, and it's all about like shedding things that don't serve you. And I was like, I'm gonna prioritize me. I'm gonna go to the gym. I'm gonna do some work, and and I'm gonna stay in tonight. I'm gonna be totally okay with that, even though I do I do feel FOMO. And did you believe yourself? And. <laughs> <laughs> And so I did that. I did that. I got everything done. It was like 1230, like 1 a.m. And then I had all my friends text me like, hey, like, what are you doing? Like, we're at this party. We're doing this thing. And like, it's not that great. Like, come just hang out. Come say hi. Like, what are your plans? And you're like, like that. that <laughs> I was trying to dodge. Filter. <laughs> I was trying to dodge everything. And then I was like, you know what? I could. Why don't I just go out and say hi, you know, and say hello. And? And so what happened was. You know, people were asking me, I was like, okay, look, if I'm going to go out, then it's going to be, it's got to be like a good place and that everybody can go to and it's going to be fun. So I took out my laptop and I was talking to everybody like, you know, through my like messages because it was easier and faster to type that way and toggle in conversations. And it was like, hey, I'm going to this one or we're thinking about going, you know, like line dancing at this place. We're thinking about going to this place and there's these two like little get togethers. It's like, okay, can can these people come? Can we like bring everybody together? Do we want to go here? Do we want to go here? I'm ready for a nap. And they FaceTimed me and I had like my hoodie on. It was zipped up. And they're like, you look like you're hacking parties right now. And I was like, anyways, ended up going out and it was a great time, you know, got in at like 7 a.m. But it was really good. It was fun. And, and moving on. And I did both, you know, I had the whole pie and I needed some time to return. And well. Monday became Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we saw this movie Triple O which means on our own. Um, and, you know, there's stigma about, about going to the movies by yourself. People will be like, oh, you couldn't find any friends to go? I'm like, is it so hard to believe that maybe I didn't want any drama and just wanted to go right into the theater? Now, I love going to the movies with my husband. I love going to the movies with you. It's a blast. But there's something very satisfying about going into the theater by yourself, doing the things that you want to do without having to consider anyone else. And I think everyone should be able to be alone with themselves it's a super important trait that took me years to kind of figure it's like, out it's like self-care kind of you know it's like going to the restaurant by yourself you know and i know it can yeah. feel a little bit awkward sometimes you could bring a book like i'm totally okay with going to the restaurant by myself ordering a drink bringing my book eating my meal and, and read doing a little bit of reading like i'm totally fine with that and it it i used to not be like that because like oh my gosh people are going to be thinking that like well do you don't have any friends <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna know you, know you don't have any friends <laughs> Okay, so this movie specifically is, it's important because you're gonna get a very different tone of film if 
there's 40 people in the theater laughing at a specific part that went a little zany, which this film can go into. Or if you're like me and watched it with six people, a family in my row that sounded like they were recovering from COVID or in the depths of it because there was a guy hacking. Luckily, I feel like I've already caught in the flu for this season. And so I felt like impenetrable. You're immune. That's not the word, but you know what I mean? I felt immune. Yeah. And so I was fine. There's definitely a difference there. Like when I went and saw No Hard Feelings, I was... Yeah, no, no, I went and saw No Hard Feelings. I was with my friends and it was a packed house. And the entire crowd and audience was just, you know, hackling. Is hackling the word? Cackling. Cackling. (laughs) (laughs) They were hackling me. (laughs) And by the way, that's a mixture of heckling and cackling. (laughs) Okay, now careful. I'm about to say a whole nother word. Well, okay, you get what I mean, you know? And and that really... Yeah. That really also brings in the experience. It's a little bit different if you're going to go see like, you know, like Killers of the Flower Moon or something like that. You know, yeah. you're going to be a little bit more in the zone and, and watching it kind of like solo and able to talk about it with your friends. But when it's kind of interactive in that in that sense, it, it brings more, more the merrier, you know? And yeah, it's a completely about, different vibe. And it both are special in themselves yeah. because you're either watching. For, I was the person laughing at parts and I had to continually because I'm super self-aware or self-conscious. I'm, I'm constantly, I'm like laughing. And I'm like, only me? Or was I laughing louder than everyone else and everyone was doing a slight giggle? Or was that not funny and I'm just really out of it? Yeah. <laughs> it is a different vibe though. Like when I went and saw Spider-Man, the animated, what is it? The yeah. Spider-Man, what is that one yeah. called? Into the Spider-Verse? Into the Spider-Verse. Ah, oh, so great. Saw that in IMAX at Universal and nice packed house. Like I wasn't able, you know, like there was no seat available and it's cool everybody's getting together to watch and enjoy this film. But I think if you can go and watch the film on your own, you know, more power to you. You know, go and do it for yourself. Enjoy it. Have the experience. You know, it's it's self-care. It's meditative. It can be all the above, something that you enjoy, something that you do. You know, it shouldn't take anything away from you. And don't overthink it, you know? So before um, we get into the film, I just want to say that I still have no idea what Martin actually thinks of the film. We watched it separately, and so I'm going to find out live. But before we get into that, you have a little bit of backstory about how well this movie has done it's i get chills it's a surprise hit you just never know uh you wanted to say something a little bit about how it kind of blew up and uh streaming versus going to the theater yeah it it has done really well and i know some some people that have worked on this film so it's a big congrats to the whole team over there i think it's really awesome to see that see those numbers so as we're getting into the five nights at freddy's it's based on the horror video game genre of the same name uh, directed by Emma Tammy, written by Emma Tammy, Seth Cudback, Chris Lee Hill, Tyler McIntyre, and Scott Cawthon, who is the game creator. It's produced by Jason Blum with Blumhouse, among others, and distributed by Universal and Peacock. It's currently at number one on IMDb. Five Nights at Freddy's is doing amazing numbers, and it's smashing box office records in the cinema, currently at $135 million at the global box office, as well as Peacock, which is the streaming home for this film. Now, according to Deadline, it has been the most watched series or movie in the first five days of any time title in the service's history. And I believe both were released in cinemas and on the streamer at the same time. So it's been really amazing to see how the theater experience is doing so well, despite it also being a watch at home movie. And I didn't know that. So that's incredible. No, yeah, it was awesome. It was like the main thing that I saw. I was like, yes, I also didn't know. let's go moviegoers. Didn't know it was from a video game series. I found that out from uh, my trusty friend Boaz. Yeah, no, it is. And it's a pretty big, uh, a pretty big franchise. Now, although NBC Universal has declined to report how many users have actually watched the movie, it's safe to assume that the numbers are pretty great. We are currently on strike. Uh, what is it like a hundred, like day 365. I'm pretty like sure. <laughs> 
you know so we're we're all hopeful as actors we are hopeful for um a resolution here soon we're standing strong but although nbc universal has declined to report how many users have actually watched the movie we're hopeful a resolution from the sag strike and the newly negotiated terms with the amtp mptp no which stands for alliance motion pictures and television producers will provide more transparency in regards to the success of titles here in the near future but we do know that it has surpassed Super Mario Bros. movie on the streamer, which is pretty amazing. Now, prior to watching this film, it is worth noting that the creator of the game was said to have some creative freedom in the making of this film and the script. Now, I never really got into the games, and I know you didn't know about them yeah. at all. Yeah, this... <laughs> but I know what the allure is. I know it's like gore and horror and suspense. It's kind of like a hack and slasher. And um, so prior to watching the film, I heard that the, that the film was primarily focused on developing Josh Hutcherson's character, which to me makes it seem like they want to make sequels. You know, if they're trying to develop yeah. this and have an attachment to oh, a character. Wow. That would be great. Now, considering that the film left an Easter egg for fans and that the game itself was made as a horror game in 2014, which proceeded to consist of nine games, associated books, and merchandise. Side note, uh, you can find a whole Five Nights at Freddy's section at Funko Pop here in Hollywood, which was pretty cool. That's how I knew about it. Yeah. But clearly there's a lot of stories and material here to pull from from this IP. From my understanding, the games have different settings, so there's a potential for sister spinoffs. Although the film had a heavy emphasis on character development instead of more of that creepy, suspenseful movie moments that served as the game's initial appeal, I wasn't mad about it. And I am a fan of Josh Hutcherson. You know, Me too. I'm a big fan. <laughs> like, I admire his work, you know, and, and how he's consistently worked throughout the years. And he's also just a really great guy. I know you grew up with some of his films as well, right? Yeah, and I've also bumped into him around Hollywood, and, and we have mutual uh, acquaintances and stuff like that too. So it's you know it's a, it can be a very uh, small town. Have haven't heard one negative thing about the guy, and uh, his talent kind of uh, speaks for itself. Is not to be scoffed at, you know. No, definitely. I think the first films of his, which were some of my favorite films growing up, consisted of the indie film hit Little Manhattan. Then there was the Zathura, which was the Jumanji spinoff, and arguably one of his earlier breakout roles in Bridge to Terabithia. But it was interesting because I think there were some elements here in Five Nights at Freddy's that resembled Zathura a little bit. But looping back to the film's emphasis on a lack of that suspenseful horror gore that the game consisted of, the practical animatronics from Jim Henson's company, who yeah. I'm a really big fan of, and his studio was, is, is here, like it was in Hollywood. So yeah. that's insane. And it's awesome. And, and for those of you who don't know Jim Henson, he was the puppeteer that brought us the Muppets, Sesame Street, and Ralph the Dog. I read about his journey and discovery in a book and was like so inspired. That's cool. Um, but they, they used his company instead of CGI. And I think that's what made it still so like pretty creepy. And I think that, that landed so well to have those real animatronics in there. Now, we have to keep in mind that the rating is PG-13, so it doesn't really fully fall into that hack-and-slash-horror genre, but I think it was executed quite well. And it was still reaching a broader audience, but still honoring the suspenseful aspect of the game's fans. I wanna, I'm gonna touch on that, but I was disappointed. Um, in the trailer, actually. I saw the trailer first because I loved the movie, so let me get that right. So it was about making sure that I got into the theater, someone that might not fall under the umbrella of what, who they were trying to reach because I'm not a gamer, right? Not as intense of a gamer as some people. And I saw the trailer first and I was like, oh, this is Josh Hutch, let's go. And then I was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And then as I, cause I go to the movies so often, especially with this podcast, uh, I was like, no, I don't know if this is for me. You brought up, the, hey, Let's do this movie for the podcast. And I just want to bring up that it's so important for us to have 
an opinion, which is, no, I don't know if this is for me. And being able to be strong on your opinion, but to be able to stay open because you said, let's do it. And I go, let's do it. Because you can stay open and still have an opinion at the same time. And that's, that's super important. And so I go into the theater and it starts and I go, this is so for me. And I was like, oh, I, I wonder where I got lost in the shuffle of getting me into the theater. And obviously everyone else flocked to the theater. So that's, that's absolutely incredible. But I'm so glad for our relationship because you got me to see a movie that I, as a kid, would have pulled off the shelves. And I also want to say that uh, my dad used to work at a place called Rocky and Boinkles based off the cartoon Rocky and Boinkles, and it was supposed to be a competitor to Chuck E. Cheese. So as a kid, I grew up with these animatronics being there and obviously thinking they're probably alive because I was such a young kid. There was a water show and everything. So I'm getting chills because I was way more terrified and invested in this film because I'm going like, what if this, like, my childlike self is like, this is so insane. So- Wait, it was called Boinkles? Rocky and Bowinkles. 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 It's a cartoon. Hey, Rocky, what are we doing? Do you ever go to Chuck E. Cheese? Oh yeah, I went to Chuck E. Cheese. So many birthday parties at, at Chuck my, E. Cheese. I... This film is basically a horror Chuck E. Cheese. And for me, as a kid, my dad would take me to Chuck E. Cheese. And I was terrified by the animatronics. Yeah. Were you not? Were you like, oh, this is cool, yeah. This, this I was so cool. young, my memories are slight, but as I, honestly, the reason I remember it the most is because we have a, a family home video of my uncle like going through and pretending to be a host of a show and taking us through the whole tour of the place. I still smell the pizza and the food that they used to make. Cause pizza wasn't that bad, it was pretty good. You know what, it was fun. I remember the pizza too, like that was such a highlight and they had so many different, did they have so many different pizzas there? Yeah. Like 20 different style pizzas, like a kid's dream. Yeah, it was a play play. Besides the caboose at McDonald's. Yeah, so there would be this little like train caboose in uh, Canada and they would have all their parties in this little caboose and we thought we were the coolest kids. But besides that, I had a, most of my parties at like a Chuck E. Cheese or something like that. Um, you were talking about the PG-13 rating. Yeah. And so this film tells you what it is at the very beginning. Uh, I don't really think it's a spoiler, but there's a guy in a, in a, in a chair and he, this freaking like saw basically is coming towards his face to like take him out. And you're gonna find out how gory this film is gonna be right off the bat. So. If you're gonna, if, if it gets too gory, certain kids are gonna walk out and say, this is not for me. And it tells you right away as they kind of cut before anything horrible happens, you go, okay, this is a thriller. They're gonna get you really invested, but you're not gonna walk away completely scarred from this film. And we need films like that. It's an introductory to horror and thriller for uh, all people, because guess what? I'm definitely not a kid, and I completely enjoyed the film. It's totally a vibe. You know, it's a retro vibe, and it's it cool, and we love that retro vibe on the show. We do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we are here for it. Absolutely. Josh Hutcherson's character, there is so much depth to this film. Wait, it becomes a psychological thriller that I was not expecting, and that element is what made me, there's a dream element, which we're gonna do one of our um, bonus episodes on dreams. I know that we're gonna get into it eventually in the future because there's so much we could talk about it. And yeah. you know, you were talking about, you were just talking about lucid dreaming before this, we talk about it in our previous podcast. Yeah. And 
they have this book that talks about lucid dreaming. Adding in that element, I'm like, where is this movie going? And to be able to do that on a well-known you know, product, you're like, I really had no idea where this film was going. And Josh Hutcherson comes on screen and he's a new level of grounded. I was, I actually was watching- He is. I was watching his performance and I was going, what did he go through <laughs> during like 2020 to 2023? Because he comes on screen and there's a groundedness that's like, oh, he's going to sail through for the next 20 years if he just keeps working because I was like, he's he's locked in. Yeah, and he's I, great. And he has like four films in development right now. So I bet he does. I got so much respect. Absolutely. Uh, Mary Stuart Masterson is a perfect uh, biatch in this film. She's the perfect amount of annoyance, um, uh, kind of acting as an antagonist to Josh Hutcherson's character. And she plays her part perfectly uh the little girl i thought was like on point with her tone and everything there was moments where her performance is like hilarious but it's only because honestly she looked and sounded like my niece so now i'm invested all over again because they picked the right girl who's gonna act like a kid and do dumb things without it being dumb because she's a kid and um i love them for that matthew lillard's comes on screen and he delivers this like really incredible monologue that in my head was like, that's the trailer of the film. It was great to see, because I think the last thing that I saw of him that I can remember was Scooby-Doo. It's very possible. He, he comes on and he himself is really grounded and interesting and eerie. the creepiness. Without being on the nose for yeah. some reason. That is hard to do, especially when you're from films that have been very light. Right to be able to come on screen and to be taken seriously. That's that's a confidence level. And that's a testament to the director because he's chosen Josh Hutcherson, Mary Stuart Masterson. He's chosen the right little girl. He's chosen- She, I believe. Oh, 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 sorry. I said the director. I don't think I said he or she. Did I say he? I thought you said he. Oh, I she may have. Chosen. They have. Yeah, yeah, sorry. No, thank you for correcting me. Um, and I, there you go. I love that it was a female director. Let's talk about that. Um, I work with a lot of them on sets and I'm always like pleasantly surprised when we have female directors that are coming in and succeeding in a major way. This has been a huge year for female directors. I, th I believe this is the biggest opening of a female director at the box office. We just got past Barbie, so we have to be careful on that, that fact checking. For a horror film. For a horror film. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> Check that, bitch. <laughs> I think for a horror film based off of a video game. <laughs> hey, we'll take it. We'll take the laurel. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. I thought I thought everyone was um, exceptional. This is a film that I would have went and rented as a kid, and then I would have bought it, and I would have been like, oh, let's watch that movie again. It's been a minute. I would actually add it to a list of films that I would watch every year. Like, that's how much that I actually really enjoyed the tone of it. And actually, as I was in the theater, I had this like, what if series, things that I like to write, which means I take like a what if this happened element, not revolutionary, it's just something that I'm doing. Then I infuse it with my history and all these different things. During this film, I literally, it unlocked a sense of creativity in me that helped me figure out where I was going with one of the scripts that I was working on. It's so unexpected. And me staying open to this film and not judging it based off a trailer that just didn't connect with me and being open to you wanting to do this film, it was an excellent idea. And I may even have enjoyed it more than you did. 
<laughs> no, I, you know, now you're talking about it. I love the tone of it. This is something you're right that I would watch as a kid and I'd be like, it's totally a vibe. I think it would have been really cool to see the play place. Right, yeah. Active, like happening, you know, like as, you know, kind of like what happens when the curtains are down. Family restaurant. I mean, like it's a family restaurant, yeah, yeah. what amusement so park, you, you, you wanted, carnival. You wanted the, um, the nostalgia of of being able to experience it while it was while it was running it was probably a deleted exactly. scene exactly I did, yeah i think it like it took him 8 months to film this um, wow wow yeah. how fun that's incredible yeah that doesn't happen very often anymore unless you're a marvel yeah no i believe it was 8 months um but it would have been cool to see the see the store see it, see the place the place yeah. just come alive and then you're knowing behind the scenes like you have these creepy freddies like surprise hit for the world a surprise hit for me. I do want to say, if you are considering watching, go to the theater. I mean, there's just something about that eight to 10 story screen that expands your entire field of vision. The dual, I, I love this by the way. Like, you know, the dual laser, like crisp images, the plush seats, the tub of freshly popped popcorn surrounded by immersive Dolby sound. This is how I sell the theater to everybody. Cause I have actually, I have a friend, I have a lot of friends that like to go to the movie studio and grill or like I pick and stuff and like, oh, you get a server and you can order food and dine in. And I'm like, but the screen isn't great. <laughs> How are you gonna do that? Martin literally held up his phone to the screen because we went to this tiny theater one time and he held up his phone to the screen and goes, same thing, what's the point? Yeah, but I'm the guy that likes to look up the aspect ratio. Yeah, no, you go to all the way to Universal City Walk just to make sure you get the best screen. I exactly, which is a true IMAX. There's a difference between true IMAX and not true IMAX, whether they're using like the double lasers, you know, or if they're using two or just one. So there's a difference to it. Definitely there's a difference quality to it. And I love all of that. So anyways, if you're considering between the two, since it was released both on the streamer and the theater, go to the theater, you know, like Nicole Kidman says, because we all need that, all of us. Because somehow, heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Five Nights at Freddy's, it feels like a retro arcade game with neon lights and the allure of some of our favorite childhood experiences that take a dark twist. Watching the film made me feel like I was in the Pizza Planet scene from Toy Story. And although it was one of my favorite scenes, I wouldn't want to be left with these toys from Five Nights at Freddy's. This is Creative Compulsions and we'll see you in the next episode. This has been another creative compulsion.